All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to this week's roundtable. Um, yeah, this week I want to just process some stuff that's pretty fresh for you. And mm -hmm. I asked you before if it was too fresh, um, no. but I think it's good to, to ask you about this. And um, yeah, and I think it's a it's a question that we all wrestle with um, as believers wrestling with grief. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if you could just share a little bit about mm -hmm. your week and what's been going on. Yeah. So about 14 months ago, um, my sister-in-law, Marilyn, was diagnosed uh, with stomach cancer. Uh, a Kind of a big shock just because. So the quick background is that I came to Christ while I was a student at UNI. Within a few months, uh, by God's grace, clearly God's grace, I was able to lead Teresa, who's now my wife, but she was just a partier, fellow partier her to Christ within a month, her roommate came to know Christ. And then within another month, her brother came to know Christ among others. But the, so anyway, Teresa ended, ended up getting married. Terry Marilyn ended up getting married. So the four of us have just kind of grown up spiritually together um, all these years. So we, our, our lives have just been knitted together on so many levels for so many years. So she's the first one that was in critical care. Anyway, all that to say this week, she finally uh, passed away. Uh, we were given a year of Marilyn's life that we didn't think we would have after that first diagnosis. And so very grateful, um, but we've spent a lot of time, especially over these last couple of weeks as she has uh, edged near and near to death. And so um, tomorrow morning we'll be uh, burying her. I actually have loved that phrase, laying her to rest. I don't know. It's almost mm. been more a throwaway phrase. I don't think about what that phrase means, I guess, that much. After watching her wrestling, struggling for so long, mm. it's a beautiful, I think, metaphor. I don't know who first coined that, but uh, laying her to rest seems like a beautiful thing right now. So mm. that happens tomorrow out in Eastern Iowa. So, wow. Yeah. What's, what's the grieving process been like? I mean, mm -hmm. I remember, you know, 14 months ago, um, mm -hmm. you know, right around the time we lost my mother-in-law, Jean, and just the, the, the devastation. I mean, Marilyn, fairly young, oh, I mean, right. the, the, you know, and, and kind of going through that, um, yeah. what's that, what was that journey like yeah. for you guys? Yours was so abrupt. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just so quick. And I think that's the, for anybody that has experienced cancer themselves or with loved ones, I've, I've been using, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I'm being too fast and loose with this, but I've, I've been using the idea of it being demonic, you know, like that idea that like in first Peter five, Satan crouches, you know, ready to pounce, ready to devour, like always in the grass. Mm -hmm. And for some, it's just this quick, sudden lurch. You know what I mean? For others, you know, it's there. It just creeps along and just slowly, oh, you know what I mean? And so your journey was so abrupt, so shocking, so quick. Um, you even given me the privilege to FaceTime with Gene there at the very end and stuff. Maryland's was different than that. It was this uh, an unbelievably strung out, terribly long, but I don't know which is worse. I, there is no worse. It's just a terrible thing. It's yeah. a terrible thing that's happened. But so yes, for us, um, 
these last weeks, especially putting her into hospice care at home and so forth. Um, death is just such a violation of all that we were intended to be. Mm. So watching that slow, just eroding, wasting away, um, you just realize she became less and less Marilyn. Mm. You know what I mean? As, as mortality kind of just kept slipping away, not abruptly, but slipping away, she even physiologically ceased looking Mm -hmm. more and more like Marilyn and so there's a hard there's a, a difficulty in that right and I don't take anything away from more the abruptness or the traffic accident or whatever that suddenly takes a life that has its own shock value to it but for this mm -hmm. um even with COVID with snow with everything else getting to that cemetery place to layer to rest will be I think for all of her her husband her children all of us a needed closure because it has been such a long, long, prolonged journey. So it, it feels it's, right. it's interesting because when you when you texted me and said that Marilyn had passed, uh, even for me, you know, I I, mm -hmm. I you know know Terry and Marilyn mm -hmm. a little bit, but not mm -hmm. not super close. But there was just the finality of it just oh. brought this wave of oh, sadness and oh. sorrow that that I can't imagine, you know, for you guys, like she's your sister. Yeah. And you guys mm -hmm. in Christ, but also, you know, the family being mm -hmm. so close. And um and it did, you... yeah, it did that for me. I thought I was ready too because we've been grieving for a long time. But something about getting that call, watching Teresa, you know, collapse into tears on the phone, knowing what that phone call was, me calling each of our children one on one to tell them. Mm -hmm unable to get words out. I mean, it, I was almost surprised myself at something. It, I explained it, I think, to Seth, one of our kids. It's like you're standing on the railroad tracks, watching this locomotive slowly come toward you, like seeing it, you know exactly what's about to happen. But there's something about the moment kind of of impact, I guess, you know, that was still like shocking or whatever. So it was very tear filled I'm sure will be again it kind of you know as many people know comes in waves you know but yeah wow. you think you're ready or prepared you know you know it's coming but what is it what is it I mean you know in, in John 11 I think Jesus wept when he heard right. Lazarus had died and yet this idea of as as believers we we grieve but not like those without hope exactly and so what is the what is the what does that look like for what is yeah. what is hope filled grieving yeah. look like? This is a time, and I just want to keep encouraging all of you guys to have a habit of reading your Bibles. You know, this sounds so simplistic, but I'm telling you, I feel like every day God has given me bread enough to sustain me for that day, bread of truth, you know, for that day. And so each day, not only for me, but I think vicariously, God's been allowing me to just send little kernels of truth, especially to, to Terry, Marilyn's husband. And one of those that, that came about uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I was in Isaiah 42. And this is a familiar verse, but where he says, I will lead the blind by a way they did not know. I will guide them on paths they have not known. I will turn darkness to light in front of them in rough places into level ground. This is what I will do for them. And I will not abandon them. Mm. And, you know, it's in a context of bringing the people 
back to the promised land and so forth. But there was a, a sense in which also that just displays the character of God. Like, and I was able to reflect on, you know, Marilyn is, I'm sure, afraid, almost like Christian in Pilgrim's Progress. You know, you get finally to the river and it's still scary to let go of mortal life. And what's on the other side? And how will mm -hmm. this go? And that beautiful promise that God is going to lead. He's been leading us every point on this journey. Certainly when we get to that valley of the shadow of death, where it is frightening for us, something none of us have done before. And he's going to take us by the hand. He's going to guide her. There was a, a joy like, oh, Marilyn's not going to be afraid because in the moment she most desperately needs Jesus to say, no, come with me. Taking her by the hand, just that image of taking her by the hand and walking her into eternity gave me such hope, you know, so it's um, stick with your Bibles, you guys, mm. just stick with your Bible. That's been sustaining me is just having a Bible reading plan. You're not in that moment. Look, give me a Bible verse. What's going to help me? No, just the faithfulness of being in the Bible. God will feed us and give us what we need in that moment and in that day. It's, it's the thing, the, the thing I always think of is uh, being in an airport terminal and when you're taking someone you love to the airport mm. and you go and you're, you, you, the whole time you have this, this sense of sadness yeah. that you're leaving and yeah. we, we were going to miss you. And there's this, um, yeah, you, you just feel that when you're in the airport and finally when they get on and you say goodbye and there's the, the finality of it, they're gone. But then thinking of Marilyn, like there's always on one side, there's people saying goodbye, mm -hmm. but on the other, there's people that, yeah. Hey, you're here. You're totally. here. we're so glad you're back. And I think yeah, for Marilyn, um, I just, I, I just think about her in glory. Oh, my and that's word. the hope part where it's like, oh. yeah, you grieve her loss. Yep. And, and yet she has, she is oh. in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, it's unreal. I even thought of, so Teresa's eldest sister, Bev, when she died a few years ago, um, I immediately, after Marilyn died, texted Dean, Bev's uh, husband, and just said, I'll bet Bev has yet to let Marilyn go. And it oh. just imagine Bev holding onto Marilyn and whispering just sweet, joy-filled words like only Bev had for all of us. Just those moments where you're like, no, that's, it's real. That's a real place with real people. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not fiction or yeah. something we just do to make ourselves feel better about that. There's a reality to that that is also glorious. But just what, an hour ago, I was on the phone with Terry and he in trying to clean up their bedroom and everything after the hospice people had taken all their stuff and blah, 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 found the stack of letters that she had written to him and to each of the children mm. and oh. had read through her letter to him. And he's once again, just oh. weeping, but weeping in both the loss and seeing her handwriting in these beautiful words to him, offering him hope kind of from the grave, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she wanted them to wait until she had passed to read these and her still counseling them, still guiding them, still offering hope, you know, it was just, mm. and so I'm sure over these next days, well, weeks, years, whatever, 
uh, but especially over these next days, I will once again be collapsing in tears and having those moments and rightly so. But when you say we grieve as those who do not have hope or not as those who do not have hope, um, there's truly we're anchored, right? We're anchored by mm -hmm. the reality of a new day, a new heaven mm -hmm. and a new earth where we're never going to fear that freight train again. Mm -hmm. Death, it will be no more, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no more fear yeah. of, of that yeah. coming and that would be glory. One of the things I think about, so you're doing the, the funeral or doing the, the homily uh -huh, for, uh -huh. the, for the funeral tomorrow. Right. Um, one of the things I think about when I'm doing a funeral is like, you know, there's a saying, uh, someone said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one mm -hmm. any day. Uh, the thing that I, I love about doing the funeral of a saint, the funeral mm. of a Christian, is that it's an opportunity for their life to preach something to totally us. Right. And I guess I'm asking, what is the sermon that Marilyn's yeah. life preached? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I am actually speaking very few words because of that very thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? One, it's going to be a very, very small gathering and all the people there knew her intimately. Yeah. It's a, an immediate family kind of a thing. So I feel, I, I feel no pressure, I guess, to kind of speak to this broader audience. Mm, yeah. I love that. There's a beautiful aspect of COVID right now that I think some of these intimate uh, moments are kind of forced upon us, mm -hmm. but in a good way. Um, and so I, for me, and this is what Terry even asked, is we'll just give personal reflections on some key moments in our lives together as we discovered Jesus and discovered the walk of Jesus and wow. and her faith was actually the purest faith. I mean, even Teresa will say she was the purest person I know. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, what I, you know? And I do that for a moment because I'm like, oh, totally. She was. You know, she truly of the four of us had this childlike faith. She never doubted. She never took her eyes off others like philippians 2 was the most natural thing for her to live that she was constantly serving constantly putting others first um and so anybody that's there all i have to do is give passing reference to that and i'm not kind of preaching that into her i'm not trying to make her into something more than she was in real life everybody there will just be like yes wow. because she again preached Wow. that beautiful gospel truth, you know, I mean, even mm -hmm. one of the last times I got to be with her, she was in a lot of pain, you know, and just said, Marilyn, how about I just read through Psalm 1 from the translation in that Bible that we all came to know Christ in the New American Standard era. So that was the only Bible, you know, that we had. And just reading those words, familiar words, because that's all, you know, we just clung. And I said, Marilyn, just think this bed that you're in would have been one of the dorm beds in Hageman Hall where her and Teresa were roommates and we'd have our new brand new Bibles that we just got and we'd be on the beds you know like reading these things you know like wow. like just discovering for the first time these truths you know and so rereading those familiar words with her and just knowing that she once she and real quick because I know I've got to let this thing go but what happened was Teresa came to Christ started telling Marilyn about Christ. And the first night that Teresa ever started saying, this is what Jeff, you know, gospel, blah, blah, blah. Marilyn was brushing her hair in the mirror over and over and over and over, letting Teresa get the gospel out as clumsily as that was, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure. 
And at one point just said, slam the brush down on the countertop and said, that's fine. Whatever you believe, don't ever bring that up to me again. That was her introduction to the gospel. That was Marilyn's response to it. So what Teresa would do is she'd leave her Bible open to whatever she was reading on her desk every day, knowing that Marilyn would go and read whatever it was. And sure enough, within a month, she'd given her life to Christ. And so she went from slamming, don't ever talk to me again, to becoming a glory. Mm. Once her eyes were open, once her heart was open, once she became a follower of Christ, the tyranny of the gospel took over, man. It just, wow. she, she was all in. She was a servant of Christ from mm. that point on. And it's, yeah, I got to see her cross the finish line. Of course, she would be the first one of the four of us to go there. She deserves to be, yeah. you know what I mean? We're yeah. all like, yep, yep. you go, <laughs> you, need, um, you should be of all of us. It's, yeah. You know, I think about, uh, we're, we're going through the Bible reading plan and in the journal, uh, my son Jet on these off days, we encourage people at Veritas just do the five by five by five, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just read a chapter a day for five days a week. And then you get a couple days off. It was the day off. And Jet was like, what, what should I do? I want to memorize a verse. And my dad mm-hmm. said, Jet memorize John five twenty four, mm-hmm. And it's a famous evangelistic verse. And it says, Jesus my dad, he shares the gospel all the time and uses it for the bridge. It's the bridge verse. It says, <laughs> truly, truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me will have eternal life and will not be condemned. Mm. They have crossed over from death to life. It's so beautiful. And it's just, I think about Marilyn. Mm-hmm. She believed the gospel. Totally. It changed her life. And she was a citizen of that new kingdom. She had crossed into that kingdom yes. already. Yep. She's just now entering. You know, it's like her passport yeah. always said heaven, like yeah. her home. You know, yeah. she'd been carrying around this passport all these years as a citizen of heaven. And it's just now she got to go through the yeah. security gate and get you in. Don't, yeah. I mean, eternal life starts now. Yeah. I mean, we don't, you don't have to die to get it. You have it now. It's just you death you you continue your consciousness mm-hmm. and you just step into that yeah the the veil of of time and and this this life and flesh is, and and know. i do and I, I mean it's it's this tension where i want to celebrate that and do completely i was grateful that even terry was able to say to me thankfully he was able to be with her in that very last moment he was playing her a song to her off his phone uh, sing to Jesus. Remember that mm. song, Sing to Jesus? Anyway, um, as as she breathed her last. But he said, Jeff, that was beautiful. And it truly was. And I know everybody wants to talk about that beautiful moment. But he said, it was horrific. Mm. And he used the word horrific. And then later on, he said, it was horrifying. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and yeah. I'm, gra- I'm grateful mm. that he's able to both those things are true. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Death just toyed like cat and mouse with her mm-hmm. for like, too long, like from mm-hmm. a human perspective, too long. And, and so it was both like, I want to both acknowledge with gratitude that she finally was able to go and take her passport and enter into glory. And death is horrible. And I want, it's given me even more, compassion and empathy for people who are either watching that happen or have experienced it in its fullness and say, Mm -hmm. let's not give too quick 
mm -hmm. the glib, but they're in a better place. Yep. Yep. At least they're not suffering anymore. Because it's true, but there's a moment for holding on to the tension of it being horrifying mm -hmm. and glorious because they're both if true. You're, I think what's cool about Pilgrim's Progress is it's the acknowledgement of if you're afraid of death or you struggle with doubt, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian Dude. or you're not a good Christian to experience like like being afraid of of this yeah. thing. And um, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, because it's, it's hopeful and Christian at the end and hopeful mm -hmm. is like experience of the river is different where he right. could, he feels like he's still walking through and Christians getting swept up right. and afraid and and, I and it's kind of not fair all over again. Like, why does Christian always have to have the worst things happen to him? You know, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's, but I think that that, um, I, you know, I think of, uh, is it in Jude where it says, be merciful to those who doubt. Yes. And I think there's a, and that's in, in the grieving process. I think we, we do as believers, we struggle and we experience all these emotions and, and God's, um, I watched, you know, my, my grandmothers both had two very, different experiences where one was um uh, and it's funny they kind of traded places like my grandma marge mm. she was the most joyful mm. we would you know after a service at the sunday meal you know uh grandma Rena would be complaining about how loud <laughs> the music was and why we don't sing hymns anymore and grandma marge was just so happy and joyful yeah. and <laughs> and then but they experienced death differently mm. That, that Grandma Rena all of a sudden would sing herself to sleep mm. by singing hymns. You know, she would start mm. at A and go through the alphabet and just sing hymns to bed. And she had just this sweetness and joy mm. toward death. And then Grandma March kind of grew mm. more fearful. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just interesting watching and giving people room for that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that, that doesn't didn't erase. take away. No. Right. Yeah. And I don't, how will I experience death? I, I don't. Oh, it, totally. none of us know. Really. We don't. And I, which is why, again, I go back to like Isaiah 42, like Jesus is committed because we've crossed over John five. We've crossed over into, he's our savior. He's our Lord. He's going to take, he's our shepherd, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to take us by the hand. And even if he finds that we're resisting or, you know, mm -hmm. not understanding, whatever, he's like, no, 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 keep coming, you know, or if we just jump into his arms and get, gladly yeah. in a surrender kind of walk yeah. either way our eternity is safe and secure because of jesus and not mm -hmm. because we know how to do death right or you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i love that that's wow. a security well i want to just pray yeah. and i don't know if you're listening wherever you're listening to this um kind of i want to pray for you mm. and if you would pray for yeah. whoever might be listening and so yeah. let's do it yeah um lord i i think about psalm 34 it says the lord is close to the brokenhearted he saves those who are crushed in spirit and god death crushes us and i just think about um, jeff and Teresa and the family terry and his family god i just pray that you will be close to them and in a way that that they sense your nearness and presence out on that in that cemetery in rural Iowa, just up on that hillside, and you know, carrying the casket through the snow and burying Marilyn. I pray that they will sense your presence, that there would be a warmth mm. that they would feel 
out in the cold and and that there would somehow just be this this supernatural um, experience of you lord jesus that they will they will um in their in their grief uh, experience your your closeness lord and just uh give jeff the words tomorrow and just to be the hands and feet of christ as he himself grieves but also um, shares this hope or just give him um, everything he'll need jesus uh it's like us in different moments to imagine that we're suffering in ways that nobody else can understand or that we're you know kind of worse off than everybody and it's not true lord i know that there are people listening in who are facing either death or sickness in their own stories uh, or whatever else they're facing. And I pray, God, would you take us by the hand, whatever part of the journey that we're on, Lord, that your word would be glorious and life-giving. And it would be that when, when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we know that we don't live on bread alone by every word that comes from your mouth. Let it be exactly what all of us need for this moment and this day. And show us that it's your faithfulness that you will carry us along and carry us through, Lord. So for anybody out there, Lord, I, I just want, would you, by your spirit, even now, guide them into paths of righteousness through your truth. Let that truth just pierce through the lies, pierce through the confusion, pierce through the fear, and bring peace and security and meaning, Lord, to whatever they're going through, as you have for me through all this, Lord. And um, thank you for the gift of Marilyn. Thank you that I got to be there from her first moments in knowing you and now got to see her gloriously ushered into your presence, Lord. I'm so thankful. What a privilege. And so I pray, God, that um, all of us would seek to finish strong, to finish this journey, declaring your faithfulness, God. That's what we long for. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great week.